0: Welcome to Buffy Boyfriend Season 2. We're boyfriends watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. I am the super fan and Mike is watching for the first time. This is the first time you've ever seen this episode? I, I think. I think so. Yeah. Okay. We are officially in the era of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that Mike has never seen. No spoilers, please. Please. Uh it's getting dark and twisted out there as we go further in the dvd box set and i mike and i got into a tussle yesterday because i was like don't look at the dvds uh (laughs) you can't look at the dvds because there is eventually a spoiler on one of the dvds and i don't want him to see it i just want to be able to go through and clear all of it. like i'm a police officer going through a new house making sure that there are no like bad people in any of the rooms wow i didn't realize (laughs) i was dating a, a police officer i'm a protector Okay, like uh, like Buffy. Right. Almost. I'm exactly. I'm Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Slayer, and I slay our way through the the show.
1: Well, who does that make me? If you are the Buffy.
0: Well, in this episode, Buffy called inner and Willow civilians, so I feel like <laughs> that you're a civilian. But Cordelia is also a civilian. Yes. Could I be Cordelia? Yes. Okay. I've also heard the term white hat. Uh, used in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer tabletop role-playing game to refer to non-supernatural good characters. Okay. So you could be a white hat. I'll take white hat for now. Okay. Um, I feel like there was something else to mention. I don't know. Mike, uh, season two, are you excited? Where? How are you feeling? Yeah. It's much longer than season one. It is, but
1: it just, yeah, it felt different the, the first episode of season two. It felt like they... Like the characters in the show, it seemed like the whole creative team came back from summer break with a fresh set of ideas, new ways that they wanted to write the show, light the show. Um, Yeah, it it just seemed, it was really good.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the lighting. A common complaint through season one is you could not see a single thing in the night scenes. Feels like they've fixed it.
1: for they, it seems like they've taken
0: at least one step to the thing. they've bought one light, great. Uh, so yeah, we're here talking season two, episode one, when she was bad. But we are not alone. We are here with one of the producers of the Buffy Boyfriends podcast. And I would never use this as an introduction if she had not specifically <laughs> asked me. It feels uh, sexist and demeaning, but she is very cute and beautiful. Um, she is a hilarious improviser. I love her so much. It's Alex Conte. Hi.
2: Sometimes I do feel like the third boyfriend in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're,
0: you're very point. close. I mean, you are one of the people in the running to be the third boyfriend, for sure.
2: Huge for me. Huge <laughs> for me. <laughs>
0: Kante, um, how, how are you doing?
2: Two, I'm so good. I saw the Fablemans last night, so I am changed as a person.
0: You're just in the like, rainbow cloud of having seen the Fablemans.
2: I am. It feels really good. Um...
0: <laughs> this is this is the beginning of the Buffy Boyfriend's Oscar campaigning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and, and along the same vein, I did wake up to incredible news that Tar is streaming on Peacock.
0: It is. That, I heard. Wow, okay. I read Probably it on Twitter. It. I haven't
2: your, checked.
1: <laughs> Peacock is kind of becoming the best streaming service. It is.
0: gotta find a new login and tar my boss let me borrow his ad free peacock login for the traders and you know maybe i'll start using it for other things
2: yeah how's he gonna know
0: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) and even set up my own profile on his account very serious stuff
2: whoa that's like boss employee territory i don't know if i could ever get into
0: yeah i don't know if it's a i don't know if it's comfortable or legal for him to be sharing this kind of stuff with me.
1: Scary.
0: Uh, Kranta, you are a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I know in your viewing of it, you got, I think, at least into like season three, uh, or maybe late season two. Um, you I... were... What, what brought you to this episode with us today?
2: I couldn't remember how far into season two i was so i was like let me just do the premiere because i mm. know i've seen that one and i will say i do have this theory that i think is correct because it's mine theory that the best episode i mean like one of the best episodes of tv for any show is going to be season two episode one because i feel like season two like the writers are in their flow if they've been renewed they know that their tv show is good like they are very confident and they like know their characters. They know their episode arches, like, you know. So I do feel like season two, episode one, always a really, really good episode.
0: And did you feel that in the room tonight?
2: Yes, I felt her in the room tonight. <laughs> I do like season two, episode one. I let, could we talk about the episode yet or no?
0: Yeah,
1: for yeah, you can say, okay. what, uh, say what you got to say.
2: I like um, this thing that I specifically remember is like Buffy goes away for the summer mm-hmm. and like Xander and Willow are like have that little scene in the beginning without Buffy. And I like liked that. I remember liking that. And then a vampire shows up and they do not slay.
0: no. They don't know how to swell you The first the first vampire they saw all summer. But like how after going through such a traumatic experience in your sophomore year, how are you ever going outside without like a cross ever again? <laughs> well, it's well it, lit yeah. now. Sunnydale got lights for the summer.
2: It's like in Glee, where like Quinn Fabre is pregnant in season one, and then there's like 10 more like um, oh my god, I might be pregnant storylines. It's like learn from your friend and use a condom
0: remember quinn well she got (laughs) pregnant from her boyfriend coming in a hot tub so and then it swam through it through the waters into her okay that's what that's that was the original story that wasn't actually what occurred wait that's the original story that they did not use on the show no they did use it on the show but it was a lie what was she told them that but she slept with puck and puck is the father
2: Spoiler alert for Glee. That is what yeah.
0: For season one of Glee. Okay. Um, Did this all come out in season two, episode one of Glee? No, I think it was all in season one because the end of season one, she's giving birth while oh adrenaline seen... is doing the bohemian rhapsody uh whatever it's called
1: i have seen this scene with the two of you <laughs> yeah
0: so, <laughs> uh you should know by now um like do you agree with content assessment that season two episode one tends to be an amazing episode of the of shows Uh, I don't know that I've thought about it
1: like that before, but I will say I really enjoyed this episode and I I see where Kantai is coming from. I felt like the writers knew who their characters were and I feel like especially at the opening or like within the first 10-15 minutes, we got a lot of scenes that we would not have got in season one. Like we had the scene of like Cordelia and Miss Calendar catching up and letting us know hey these two characters are going to be back and they are a part of the group now and they're going to be a part of the the crime fighting scene you have the walk and talk with Giles and Principal Snyder and I feel like the writers saw the response to those all of those characters well Giles was in season one like pretty heavily but the other three were kind of just side characters that would get brought in here and there And it seemed like the writers really responded to those characters and said, We're gonna do the work to integrate them into the main cast this season.
0: I also feel like they did more of this more in this episode of scenes where Buffy is not in the conversation, which I think is something that like season one, it's like it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's in like every single scene. I feel like in season two, episode one, they're more open to just like other people talking and having conversations without her. Like, I mean, and especially like Cordelia and Mrs. Callender talking to talking to each other. It's just, like, this is, like, a secondary character and a tertiary character having a scene together. And it's just, like, no. Because, like, when Giles and Angel are talking, you're kind of, like, sure, like, these are major characters. But it, it's nice that we're getting these, like, other snippets of Sunnydale. Yeah. And we got a scene with Buffy's parents. True. Without Buffy. Yes.
1: Um, we got to see them interact, talk about her. Um... Which I think is something we were looking for in season one. We we're like, who is her dad? Mm-hmm. What is their relationship here? And it was great. It's too I bad we didn't get we didn't get any
0: scenes of Buffy shopping over the summer with her dad. Yeah. Well, I we will touch on <laughs> a place you can go to find scenes like that uh, in our IMDb deep dive. This episode was written and directed by Joss Whedon. And just to just to circle back for a second, I have never actually really loved this episode even uh in my in my tenure and even this time watching it i I appreciated it a lot more than I have in the past. still would not count it among my favorite episodes um not not for me, I guess. sorry to say uh, I just it's, do you think I, it's a
2: it's, solid episode though, even though it's not one of your favorites? I
0: think it's good enough. I think that they. I, like, I don't, like, I I wish that they would be a little more, um, uh, I don't think that the, like, Buffy's trauma needs, like, needs to be all wrapped up in one episode. Like, I feel like it gets fixed too quickly, and I don't like how they write around her reactions to her trauma. Like, I feel like it's, I don't think they did it well, and I don't think that this episode is particularly, like, fun.
2: They said, we don't want to see a depressed teenager (laughs) (laughs) fix her.
0: Right. Um, Love the Bob, though. (laughs) Love
2: Um. the Bob. It's Bob season. (laughs) Buffy has (laughs) a Bob. Jenny has a Bob. Who would you like to see get a Bob next?
1: No one. They all look bad with the Bob. Buffy looks good. I don't think Buffy looks good with this haircut. I don't think Miss Calendar looks good with this haircut. Cordelia's new hair, I don't like. It's very straight, and she has like the little ringlets Mm -hmm. in the front. That sometimes she like has her bangs, and sometimes she pulls. Yeah, it's wispy bang
2: season, and I love a wispy bang. I always tried to get a wispy bang when I had bangs, and it never happened.
1: Xander got a new haircut, but okay. But
0: Nicholas Brendan looks so fucking hot. Xander (laughs) went to the gym over the summer. I can't (laughs) not, you know, he's the the man himself has is bad and has made a lot of mistakes but in 2007 i mean in
1: 1997 <laughs> he, he looked
0: physically attractive what can yeah. i say um okay but going back okay i have Deep time uh this okay this this really noted in our eyes, in the opening of the episode, when they're going through, like, written and directed, series producers, all these things. And then it's like, and Armin Shimmerman as Principal Snyder. And then it said, Brent Jennings as Absalom. Kanta, do you know who Absalom is? No. <laughs> do you know <laughs> who, who you? Brent Jennings is?
2: No. If you
0: had to take a guess from watching the episode,
1: who was Absalom? I think he was in, he was in the episode.
2: Is it the kid?
0: No, no, it, it's so. I'm so. I'm still so confused about why this is how it happened. This is
1: so wild.
0: Because I mean, like, he is like a. It's his. It's the black vampire, Absalom, who I who is introduced in this episode and dies in this episode. And I don't think they say his name. Maybe no, they do once, they don't. but who knows? Um, and it is. I had no idea why he was credited with his name. That was so spe- so strange and so specific to me that like as the character name. And I was, like, Googling, trying to figure it out. And I found my way onto, like, a German website from, like, when this episode first aired. And it finally clarified things for me. Like, in the first scene, Xander and Willow are having that, doing that game where they're, like, quoting movies to each other. And one of the quotes (laughs) I had never heard before is from this movie called Witness from 1985 that has, like... It's a pretty star-studded cast. Like, I think Harrison Ford and like Patty Lupone are in it, but also <laughs> Brent Jennings is in it, <laughs> and he it, is—he's it, like the ninth build person in this film. <laughs> and they reference that movie in this script, and he's playing one of the characters. So I don't really know more of the backstory to why, but I think there's some kind of some Joss or someone in the writing room must have really loved Witness and must have loved this guy in Witness. Yeah, because
1: he's not in any other episodes of Buffy.
0: No, but he is focused on in a short story uh, from a collection of non-canonical short stories called How I Survived My Summer Vacation, I think. Uh, It talks about what the characters did between seasons one and two, but it was making me laugh thinking about that because... Every character in this episode is like, Yeah, we haven't seen a single monster all summer. So, how are they writing around that? Where like they're writing these short stories where Buffy and her dad are just like in LA, like shopping, I guess. But uh, his short story is called Absalom Rising. So, we, I mean, we find out a little more about his backstory. Um, but those are the only two Buffy stories referencing Absalom. R.I.P. Absalom. We didn't know you.
1: Yeah. But we wish we did.
2: He had a very cool name. I wish they would have saved it for a character that had more screen time. But they yeah. didn't.
0: I feel like if you're going to give a character such a cool name, you got to say the name on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to like, comment. Oh, sorry.
2: I was going to say, I'd just be like, this is Absalom.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the anointed one should have been like Absalom every single scene. True. <laughs> what were you going to comment? I was just going to comment, like, again, with this
1: show, they. A very white show. Not a lot of actors of color. They introduce a black character. Give him a name. Give him credit in the opening credits. And then they kill him off at the end of the episode. It's just... uh concerning trend that i'm noticing and just want to comment on it trend it's almost alert like
2: joss whedon isn't a good person
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and
0: it's there's a lot of factors but definitely joss whedon plus you know 90s the wb i mean look at Dawson's great because like people are on that show very much uh you know it's just kind of like oh yeah it was like
1: a odd industry-wide yeah. problem but i just want to comment on it. on it
2: yeah
0: for sure <sighs> bad stuff sorry to bring the <laughs> vibe down no i mean that you know every there's a, this is kind of a segment on every episode of the show where we're like this is bad <laughs> we're, kind, we're kind of like the real friends of WeHo being like why are we doing this <laughs> um anyway Kanta you mentioned the willow and xander walking scene we get an almost kiss Post movie credits, movie quote scene. Xander almost <laughs> licks Willow's nose first. Um, I
2: was losing my mind. I was like, Is Xander <laughs> just so horny without Buffy here that he's gonna fuck Willow? Like,
0: what well, is going
2: uh, on? Well,
0: it, it took him three months to get to this point where he's like, Okay, <laughs> fucking fine. <laughs> it wasn't clear
1: to me at the opening. Like, have they just been fucking all summer, summer and this is a normal, like, walk and nose kiss or is is this the scene where they go from friends to something more
0: Mm. i felt there was a hesitation in the kiss Mm. where they it would have been their first one i say i say yeah
2: you know when you just get so you're just like so fed up at the end of summer where you're just like you haven't seen anyone and you're like i'll kiss anyone
1: i do know that yeah, <laughs> I do know that
0: feeling. How do you think we got together?
2: <laughs> Except you guys got together in the spring, so nice try.
0: Ooh. Kind of more of a winter a winter, winter, but... winter
1: spring mix. Yeah. You know, me, like right before Christmas break, you're just like so ready to kiss somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I don't like Xander. Mood. I don't think anyone's ever said that before. I don't like Xander, and the fact that as soon as Buffy gets here he's like fuck Willow like throws <laughs> her out and then at the something that made me so mad is then like at the end of the episode where like the climax like Buff or um Willow and Giles get kidnapped and Xander just is like in the library and Buffy shows up and he's like if they hurt Willow I'll kill you. It's like <laughs> where is this coming from?
0: Right like make it deci- who do you like
1: Yeah, it seems like they jumped really quickly to the we need to hate on Buffy right now train.
0: Yeah. And like she was, like she is seriously clearly going through something. But like, I can't, like, it doesn't seem like they've even talked to her over the summer at all. Like, Willow, it doesn't seem like Willow or Xander have like talked to her on the phone at all. Where like, cause in the opening scene, Xander's like, hey, did Buffy mention when she'd be coming back? (laughs) Like, you have a well, get to, to, call, her to find out.
2: I think That's, she's not answering her phone,
0: probably. Queen, she's
2: yeah, she needs some time to herself. She's very me last night, where she's like, <laughs> I'm just gonna movie. do my thing at a movie by herself all summer. Um, <laughs> but it's um, but I think that Willow did mention that like Buffy wrote her a couple postcards.
0: Mm -hmm. from LA
2: which is good and I like how Buffy was like I'll keep in touch with Willow but I'm not writing Xander one fucking word.
0: I like that as her idea uh, (laughs) at the end. Buffy and Xander in this episode makes me so mad. I think that this is another reason why I don't like this episode. I feel like I need to I'm not saying this is a bad episode it's just you know not good (laughs) like for me I don't like I don't want to want I don't like Buffy sexily dancing on Xander I hate Xander so much and like it's not even like a thing where Xander's like no like Xander at no point is like hey this is not how I want to be like seduced like he he should he knows that she's only doing it because Angel's there and like it, it, he I don't know he looks so put off while she's dancing but he doesn't stop her at all which it is just like what is the point what is this scene about it lasted way too long it was like I
2: will counter endless. this by saying I love Cunty Buffy so I <laughs> like this <laughs> <type of stuff. laughs> And at the end where she's like, "Uh I've been a huge bitch to these people. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're still going to be friends with me. And then she like goes into the classroom and Will is like, we saved you a seat. And they're like, we're going to the brats tonight. Like, yeah. It gets me. It really does.
0: That did. I was really happy and, you know, very emotional when that was happening. Um, I, I, but like, it's, it's weird. Like, I feel like usually when I don't love a way an episode was written i have suggestions for how i feel like it could have been better but i don't think that this is up this episode is bad conceptually or like badly done i just needed it to be different somehow i don't i I think think
2: you want i think you said you wanted the trauma to be spread out yeah Rather than contained in one episode and dealt with in one episode,
0: I think that, that if it, if it had been like, because like it's not like every single time they interact with her, she would say something mean. It it would be like, hey, she's being like a little weird every once in a while, and then like I feel like it would over the next like four or five episodes, it could be dealt with. But you know,
2: I weren't they like talking about how she must be possessed, and Jazz was like, sounds like a teenage girl to me.
1: Hmm. Giles has a lot of thoughts on the actions of teenage boys and girls.
0: It's <laughs> his role in the show, to be like, huh? <laughs> These
1: kids? Well, that's Principal Snyder now. He was really hating on the kids this this
0: this episode. It seems like that's going to be his role this season. He hates kids uh, and it's so funny. And they, I mean, and they call it out right away. Giles is like, have you ever thought that since you hate kids you shouldn't be a principal? And he's like, Someone's got to keep these kids in line, And I think he's right. I'm happy he's there. Good energy on the show. True. Hope he can get involved more. I don't remember. Get Principal Snyder in on the action, hunting vampires. Him, Cordelia, and Miss Calendar on a little sub team. <laughs> yes, the B squad.
1: Okay.
2: I would watch that. And then he also goes out of Bob. <laughs> it's the Bob team. <laughs>
0: I love that. <laughs> That'd be so good. Um, We this is a a shockingly like fifth or sixth episode for the Anointed One. When yeah, when the Anointed One came on screen, Mike, you were shocked. He was still part of season two.
1: I thought they got rid of him at the in the finale. Like they killed off all the they killed the master, all these vampires who were supporting him are gone or dead or something. But this kid is still hanging around, and he, you know, spoiler alert. Survives the episode, so we yeah. might see him again. He
0: the vampire started fighting Buffy, and he like left through a door, and we never saw him. Well, he we saw him for like one second at the last scene, but he just like peaced
1: Yeah, <laughs> he he knows his strengths
0: and weaknesses. He knows he would not survive that fight. Yeah, I mean s- strengths. NA weaknesses, everything. So <laughs> he
2: is a child. Um
0: <laughs> but he's but he's not. He's like a full demon man inside the body of a child.
2: But he is a child, he has does he have demon strength or does he have child strength?
0: I don't think we've ever seen him fight. We've never seen him fight, but I can only assume that he has all of the powers of a vampire. So I think he does have like the metaphysical strength of it an adult possessed by a vampire. We just have never seen him do anything. Yeah.
1: Do we think the anointed one is going to be next week's um, guest starring? <laughs> <laughs> I, it seems like
0: he may have missed the boat on getting that billing.
1: Mm. Could this be his first acting role and he's just happy to be there?
0: Yes.
2: I'm sure everyone on set is happy to be in the same room as Sarah, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. So...
0: I mean, especially after she starred in Scream Two uh, in the summer between seasons one and two, which is why she has the bob. She, you uh, know the bob. Yeah, I, I as I have noted, I recently watched all the Scream films, uh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar was awesome in Scream Two. Happy she's here.
2: Yeah, um, Scream Six coming out soon.
0: Yes. i will be seeing it opening week uh my roommates and i all seeing it together be careful it
2: doesn't turn into a scream 2 situation where you know you go to the premiere and everyone's there in ghost face costumes then you go to the bathroom and get knifed
1: that would be bad i would not support that if that happened to you
0: thank you so much i also wouldn't support getting knifed who would do buffy boyfriends with me (laughs) your next boyfriend no, that doesn't sound me. Funny. I'm the third boyfriend. Remember? Oh right. Contact oh right. If I win,
2: third boyfriend by that point,
0: <laughs> we'll have to. Have, we'll have a pageant for one of our off-season episodes. A Buffy a boyfriend, boyfriend pageant,
2: For third boyfriend.
0: It'd be good. It'd be um, pretty good. Okay, David Boreanaz talking about crediting. First time David Boreanaz is in the theme song. True, but the cat is still before him. <laughs> True. Iconic shot of the cat jumping out of the box from episode three. Yep. Very happy the cat has made it into season two. I felt like other than David Boreanaz as part of the theme song, the theme, the, the clips they were using had been relatively unchanged.
1: Yeah, there were a few new ones, mm-hmm. I think. Um, assuming for sh- episodes that had mm-hmm. already been filmed for season two. Sort of what the 90s loved to do with their opening credits. Um, but yeah, it was pretty similar.
0: I also can't remember if this was in season one, but I, I think that Anthony Stewart had was obviously as Giles was in the theme song for season one. But I feel like they added Anthony Stewart head as Giles for season two. I'd have to go back and rewatch, but yeah, I'm not sure. You
2: also don't know.
0: Not, I'm unclear. Anyway, what did we think of Angel in this episode? There. He was there and did nothing <laughs> very
1: yeah. there let me look at your notes because i don't think he really did anything
0: he showed up after buffy had the nightmare about the master strangling her um and she, he was just like in her room and he also like there. i did like the scene where buffy and him are in the bronze stocking and buffy's like what did you want for me to be mooning after you all summer long well i wasn't so get over it i don't like you <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, He is all, very much as Angel does. He is just there, and then he 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 engages in the fight a little bit.
0: Yeah, much more useful now than he ever had been in season one. Yeah, I'll give him that. I'm he's not
2: giving him much,
1: much, but we're giving him that. Yeah,
2: he's very much a pawn between Buffy and Cordelia. Um, where Cordelia's like, "Hey, when they're out, like Buffy Lee dances with Xander Sexley and then leaves." And then Cordelia runs out to the alley and is like, hey, you're being sort of, is it Kevin?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like like... You can't that, is it Kevin? <laughs> she knows. She's got in space. Bye, Kevin. <laughs> Bye, Kevin.
2: Um, anyway, yeah, so Cordelia runs out into the alley with Buffy mm-hmm. and she's like, I guess I'll just go dance with Angel if you're going to be a bitch.
0: Wait, so how does Cordelia know who Angel is? They met in the episode uh Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, I think, where mm. Angel showed up to the Bronze while Buffy was on a date with Owen, and they all talked. I see, I see. Does she know that Angel is a vampire? No. Okay. And also they t- they when they all fought the master at the end of season one, they all walked out of the library all together. So right. they would have been introduced then too. Yeah,
2: because to. yeah, so I prob- do remember um Cordelia using Angel as a pawn in season one, two to make Buffy
0: yeah. mad. I'm obsessed with that scene of Cordelia and Buffy out in the alleyway. Probably my favorite of the episode. I feel like this is another thing where Cordelia is the only person in Buffy's life who is aware of her status of the Slayer, but thinks of her more as a real person that she just like interacts with in the real world. And is like, hey, we don't like each other, but you're being terrible. And I just like want to talk to you about as an actual human being cordelia cares she does but only from like a high lofty position where she's like you are gonna have zero friends if you keep acting this way and it's not gonna affect me at all but just wanted to let you know (laughs) and she's a queen for that i know she she really is we don't really hang out that much which is good because i don't like you but
2: (laughs) (laughs) also she Um. immediately goes up to them and she's like hey three musketeers and they're like Aren't the Three Musketeers cool? Like, yes. isn't that a good one?
0: I also love that uh, reference in a meta-textual way because there are actually four Musketeers, four characters of the Three Musketeers, and one of them is joining the Three or, like, is, like, the apprentice to the Three Musketeers. And so it's kind of like Cordelia accidentally implying that she's joining the group. Mm.
2: Excited for that. Do you guys remember the Three Musketeers?
0: <laughs> N- never saw it, but I do know it. I've I've heard of them.
2: I used to be obsessed with that movie. It was Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, and they were the three Musketeers.
1: Hmm. There's a, I count only one. Mouse. Yeah, and not great.
2: Who's <laughs> it gonna be? Mickey, Minnie, and another mouse. Yeah,
0: one of the mice from Cinderella. <laughs> Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Uh, you know, they're staunch warriors in the Kingdom Hearts franchise.
2: And now you know why, because they're the three musketeers. They
0: got training as three musketeers. That makes sense. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: How would they do against all these vampires, do you think? Really well.
0: Die. Oh, oh. <laughs> Shit. Hey, Donald is one of the strongest magic users in Final Fantasy canon, so...
2: I don't play I that.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard of that canon. I have, and I can promise you, he's one of the only people who can cast some big, strong spell. Damn. I, I didn't realize he was in Final Fantasy. Well, Kingdom Hearts is Disney and Final Fantasy brought to- finally brought together like all of the fans wanted. Mm. Ariana Grande is also a Final Fantasy character. Um, I don't know what, what her abilities are though, but I know. Okay, I'm back. I'm in. Is Buffy in it? I don't think so. I'm out. People on it-
2: Twitter, you know how Ariana's filming Wicked right now.
0: Okay, yes, thank you for bringing this up. What were you going to say?
2: I was going to say, like, I saw a tweet that was very funny. It's her singing over the rainbow, and they were like, they got her enunciating.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I saw a tweet about that video that she put up. (laughs) They said that she was dressed up like an uncut cock. (laughs) It was like, it was making me laugh. But also, the first thing I heard about this debacle was people being like, Ariana Grande's fans are saying she's not a singer anymore and they, she needs to get back in the studio but like she's busy because she's filming a musical <laughs> like she's singing in the movies yeah
2: it doesn't
0: she make any sense studio. <laughs> I need I mean she left us
1: with positions and then said I'll, I'll see you in five years yeah she is in the studio
0: with recording
1: we didn't but, want the Wicked soundtrack. That's we, not we, what we meant. Yes, we
0: did. <laughs> My, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> I, I are like, maybe you didn't. Know. But many people I, did.
2: Yeah, I got flamed recently for saying that I really like the song Wonderful. Do you guys like that song? No. Okay, just me.
0: Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the, a well-deserved well, Ariana singing No, who's playing the wizard in the movie? Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. Okay, but he'll do a good job with it.
2: Yeah, I mean he's gonna talk sing it, but it's gonna be good.
0: Wonderful, <laughs> it's gonna be that. Uh, if they
2: cut it, I'm gonna scream. They, in the theater,
0: they can't cut it. I mean, they've split it. The movie's into two, two. The acts are two separate movies. They're gonna do every single song. They have to.
2: They have to, but the fans don't really like that song, so I could see it being cut.
0: Uncut. Yes. Um, <laughs> What we were we talking about with Buffy?
2: Oh, the alleyway scene.
0: Yes. So, Slay, um, I just love Cordelia. And she's like, you're really campaigning for bitch of the year. Uh, and at the end, she's like, I guess I'm going to have to go ask Angel to dance. And then, like, gets immediately carried away by vampires. <laughs> which was very... No funny. screaming this time. No. they covered her mouth. I will say, I feel, like, inspired by our conversation with Derek last week at, in talking about using proxy heterosexual relationships to mask your homosexual tendencies using Xander and Angel as these pawns in their little games to uh annoy one another and just like Cordelia can't get Buffy's attention so she's gonna go get Angel's attention like that kind of thing is ve- I just I you know I'm, I love Cordelia and Buffy as a as their dynamic and I think they're in love
2: they are they're, love. they're
0: clearly obsessed with each other yes
2: yes just like um those two characters from the fablemans <laughs> the mm. sammy and the Aryan football player
0: yes sammy sees is able to paint him in a way that makes him look like a god but he's not a god i'm just <laughs> locker <laughs> Uh, we were also noting that Charisma Carpenter is sick during this episode,
2: <laughs> like literally sick.
0: Yeah, her voice is so uh strange in this episode, and it's definitely because she's like ill.
1: <laughs> See, I thought it was uh, she's finally using her real voice in season two and not gonna give the high pitched.
0: I think that it, I mean, just I'm pretty sure that the season one is her usual voice and in okay. this episode she is just like going through something great Well, we'll Mike have said
2: to... all women are so high-pitched and shrill and annoying <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> i did say that i um <laughs> i do love this though like i feel like this is something lost in modern day tv production where like buffy they needed to do an episode every single week so if someone was sick or busy like that character either wasn't in the episode, or we're just gonna have to go through it. Like it, we, there's no other way to do this, and so they just have to do it. Whereas, like now, it's like if it takes like seven years for the next season of the show to come out for like everybody's schedules to line up or whatever, that's fine or whatever. But it's like it's so funny <laughs> that they have to go. It's obviously like a really long production season or whatever, twenty-two episodes, but like they, there's no other option. They, Kirsten Carpenter is sick; she's still gonna deliver the lines.
2: That's how Riverdale did it. And remember how the kids like, well, the adults playing the kids fully like KJ Apple like got into a car accident cause they were like working them like r- like 20 hour days in Canada. And like they would at like 4 a.m. they'd be like, all right, you guys are free, go home. And they'd like K- they'd like drive back to their hotel like exhausted.
0: Yeah, I and I will say on my previous thing I just said, Obviously, I don't think the working conditions are good, but I do. I We're no longer but doing we need this. Kind them of back. Thing. We do, yeah. Or like something similar. <laughs> like, it's just like, this, I'm not saying this exactly. Like, I don't think that she should have been having to show up to work sick, but I just don't like the way TV is made right now.
2: No, Sam, you're right. I was not trying to are the bus with that no coming. i know i'm oh, just trying to program. balance
0: out my ideas between bad working conditions and also bad working conditions making interesting tv <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it's gonna happen
0: Hey, they say creativity comes with constraints. Right. I guess the better example of this is when an actor is busy and is like working on a different project, and the character has to like go away or like is on vacation for that episode or whatever. Like that kind of thing is just very silly to me, where they just like have to make up an excuse for why an actor isn't in the
1: episode. And I did unintentionally learn that one of those episodes that's coming up this season. Oh yeah, when Sarah Michelle Gellar
0: was hosting saturday night live yes they had which a, episode uh it's called bewitched bothered and bewildered
2: have i gotten there
0: i don't know uh and i will not be disclosing any of the plot points currently i, I... just
1: know that Buffy goes to host snl one week yeah Incredible and that's the plot. <laughs> that would be a really good plot. <laughs>
2: I do have a bookmark for when I stopped watching, but I can't say it because it's a spoiler.
0: Yeah, no, I know a big tenfold moment of when you stop watching <laughs> Um Anyway, uh, so the 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 major plot point of this episode that we're, <laughs> we're talking about all of the high school stuff, but the big supernatural issue is the anointed one is trying to bring the master back to life. Uh, and so they got to dig up his bones under the consecrated ground that giles and willow and xander all buried together um and they they're trying to do a spell gotta gotta bring him back to life
2: it was crazy it's crazy to me that okay so like did that whole barrel ritual they got to wear ropes like willow said um and then like the anointed one's like all right we're gonna go dig up the bones and the the people digging it up are like ow this hurts it's 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 like blessed or whatever and the anointed ones like keep digging, and then they dig up the bones.
0: It's like yeah, I know. Yeah, like... they, they did not do a very good job of protecting the bones at all. And I, I was also making me laugh that they just buried the bones. They, they weren't like in a box or anything. They <laughs> just like found a skull underground. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's like they should have done what Buffy did at the end of the episode and just destroy the bones. Right.
0: Well, this is. I think that's a kind of a good point. Like, Buffy knows what to do. Everybody else, left to their own devices, <laughs> seems like they have no idea what they should do without her.
1: Maybe they were respecting the master's burial wishes. Like, he left a will. This is what I'd like you to do with my bones. <laughs> Bring me back to life. Yeah.
2: It just proves that Giles is not a good... Um... what is the book boy what's it called
0: watcher yeah yeah he doesn't know everything (laughs) he doesn't know anything
2: every episode i watch he's like "Uh." buffy's like hey i think it's this and he's like it can't be that and then he looks at his books and he's like you guys are right
0: this episode also hinged on him not knowing everything because he originally translated the prophecy to be about the people who the master was closest with when he died, but it was actually who was physically nearest to him, and so that's why they were they like got all mixed up, messed up. Uh, and then. Yeah, the mike, what did you think about the action sequence at the end of the episode? Final fight. I enjoyed
1: it. I, you know, have been commenting on the fight scenes every week here, but one, it's well lit. So that's a point in its favor. Um, I thought they were creative with how they used the props in the not bronze set, but it is the bronze set. Yeah, no, it's so fun.
0: It's like it's just some factory or whatever. They don't even they don't even try to justify what the building is. They just really hope you don't think it's the bronze, but it's so clearly the bronze. You can see like the stage in the background.
1: Um, they rehired Buffy's stunt double, the gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, she was available this week, so Buffy got to do some backflips and. Vault herself over the the like catwalk mm-hmm. down onto the ground. Um, yeah, it was good. Fight scene was good. Buffy took that torch that was just hanging out in the middle of the room, and then double killed two yeah. different vampires. One... Because they ran into it. <laughs> they said we see two different ends of this torch, and it, they would both kill us, so we're gonna run into both ends. Yeah, we I made... do.
2: I do like like. Buffy shows up and, like, right, the fight sequence starts and, like, by a vampire, you know, turning to Ash because she simply punched him. Is she, like, wearing a steak ring or something?
0: I thought he, f- I don't remember exactly what happened, but maybe, either she was holding a steak or, like, maybe he fell onto a steak, but I don't, they would have, it's something like that.
2: But yeah, it was a good fight scene.
0: Yeah, I liked it. I feel like the, more captivating action sequence for me is when buffy tortures the vampire isn't like Ooh, right before nice. like i just feel like that's so dark and like there's a major character moment about her trauma or whatever that we haven't seen from the girl before uh the young girl uh and she just like she puts a cross in her mouth yeah and says Jeez. Swallow bitch. <laughs> it was it was reminding me of that scene in Jade Legacy where they the kid swallows the Ooh, Jade. Yeah. Uh t- scary stuff. Don't swallow that Jade. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's bad. Uh it, whatever I can't the, the itches or whatever. Uh yes. Scary stuff. Um, but I mean now but then uh, towards the end of the episode, you're like, is Buffy just healed now? <laughs> like it feels like she pulverized the skeleton, just got it over it.
2: Yeah, it's like me at the Fableman's last night. I walked out of that movie and I said, my brain is fixed now. <laughs> <laughs> Hope my friends will like me. Remains same, <laughs> <fine>, but...
0: <laughs> there is one major piece of the episode we have not discussed yet. Miss um, Calendar went to Burning Man. Queen.
2: Crazy. Crazy. Where Giles is like, what did you do this summer? And she's like, oh my god, I went to Burning Man. And
1: like, <laughs> you should come oh. next time. <laughs> I'm fully like,
2: what is her... What is her personality?
0: She's all she over the earth. place. Yeah, she's a cool computer girl. She Willow wishes she could oh. be Jenny Calendar.
1: Yeah, she'll get there. Yeah,
0: I'm just ready to learn more about
1: her. This opening episode bodes well for some Miss Calendar backstory coming this season. Um,
0: maybe. maybe. I
1: mean, her and Giles definitely gonna hook up if they haven't already. Cross your fingers. Have they
2: dated? I, in season one, did they date?
0: No, they. It, there they, is sexual tension. Yeah, it's, it's they're in the repartee phase of the flirt manse They're well, gonna they fuck in that library cage someday. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh. Um. Does anybody have any thoughts on the episode before we go into our segments? Let me look through the notes, but I think we've hit
1: on up. Oh, yeah. The Anointed One says, he hates that girl. Oh, yeah. At it's, the end of the episode. It's like
0: that, why, why was that part of the episode? It could have just ended on Buffy and, Quir- D- or Buffy and Willow and Xander being friends again. But then they were like, remember this guy? <laughs> He's coming back. Um,
1: no, it was a good episode. I I feel like I am higher on it than you are, Sam. Um, but I was excited about the the new era yeah and you famously said season two is where Buffy fans are made
0: yeah no I think season two is awesome I just have never loved this episode and I but in I feel like in season one when I would come into an episode with that impression I would come away from it being like oh it actually was pretty good um and I definitely found a lot of merit in this episode it just still isn't one that I would put on again (laughs)
2: it's very um setting up season two
0: yeah it's sort of like the overture. Gotta watch to understand where all the characters are coming from, but it's kind of like, let's get to the meat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The fake meat. I'm vegetarian. For <laughs> <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so moving into our segments. Wait, should we comment on the
1: band in the bronze? Oh my god, Not I yeah. felt like um, they were, sorry. Like, so such a an interesting choice it's been, not really what I would expect to be playing at the bronze yeah it's been
0: so long since we had a bronze feature that I forgot about our segment Chibo motto um a band from the 90s who had a uh renaissance or whatever re- re- reboot or whatever you however you would say that uh, for a band in the 2000s. Uh, I definitely don't know about them through outside of the show, but the songs that we heard from them are are very good, and I kind of want to listen to more of their stuff. Yeah, they
1: they knew what they were doing when they were making music. Uh, it was sort of like a weird ambient vibe, yeah. almost um, singing sounds that aren't quite words i don't think sure i loved their style
0: too they looked so good yeah they all looked amazing yeah. great i want to hear more and i feel I like love, it...
2: um i love when a tv show you know like very buffy of the bronze the oc whatever their bar is called i forget because i haven't watched that in about a month so my brain doesn't remember and the gossip girl reboot when they bring in like um, an artist that's very like of the time, where like I just watched the Valentine's Day episode of the Gossip Girl reboot, um, where Charlie XTX sings Lightning. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> wait. Wait, wait. Charlie you XTX,
1: XTX is in the Gossip Girl <laughs> reboot,
2: singing Lightning in one scene. And I just can't wait for like 10 years from now when someone's watching that and they're like, I've never heard of Charlie XTX um, 20 years from now.
1: <laughs> that's People not, not going to happen.
0: happen. <laughs> if 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 it is it's only because charlie has changed her uh performing name to just be charlie or something like that Wow, we'll definitely be watching this clip after the podcast yeah uh no yeah i this is the first time i feel like they had a band in the bronze that they actually said the name of and the characters had to be like oh my god we love them or whatever like willow was so excited to see Chibomato. and now i'm like maybe i should check out Chibomato. they've definitely achieved their goal (laughs) uh they, I I liked I really liked the song. I felt like it was perfect for the like weird sexy dance that Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah. did up on Xander. I um, I I I went back and forth that entire scene about whether it was whether the seduction and the faces were good. I felt like Xander looked so put off and weird, but then never did anything about it. And Buffy's dancing would change between like. Sexy movements, and then being like weird rhythmic thing that like I was like this. It's I'm sure it's hot to be the one person you're dancing up on, but to view it from the outsider's perspective, it's like this is so bizarre to see.
1: And I also have to. There was some weird editing choices throughout the beginning of the episode where it was like different characters having nightmares or dreams. Like Buffy had that dream of like Giles killing her in the student lounge, and then it ending up being the master. And then it was the master. And then it was a dream. Yeah. That made me feel like the first five minutes of this dancing scene were Mm. a dream. (laughs) Because it was a very extended scene.
0: Yeah. Um, And they kept cutting to other people looking on and, like, reacting to it. It was just, like, I feel like this in the musical thing at the end where, like, Buffy and Xander and Willow aren't, like, they're talking but we don't hear anything of it. They're so long. It's just, like, they needed to fill out these 42 minutes. Yeah. um. I oh fun fact in the dream sequence David Boreanaz plays the master. Whoa,
2: that is a fun fact.
0: They could not get that other guy. No, Mark Metcalf found dead in the library with a giant piece of wood. They said Um, since
2: we're already paying David to be on this episode, let's just put a little mask on him.
0: Yeah, he's he's a series regular. We got to use him somehow.
2: Yeah, because he's not going to be in the episode.
0: We are starting a new segment today wow. uh, to pay homage to my Tumblr roots as a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I've found some uh, commentary or analysis from a Tumblr blog uh, for this episode specifically, and I'll be reading some of it now. Whoa. This What's this segment us, called? Yeah. You know, working on it.
2: Talking Tumblr.
0: This yeah, talking Tumblr. This could be something to bring up in the uh, Buffy producer chat. Uh, okay, so this comes to us from No Hyphen Soul Hyphen Required dot Tumblr dot uh, and it's read about, the numbers too slash post slash. Well, <laughs> this is <laughs> that's the URL for this specific post. Uh, about she when she was bad. Uh, And they say, what a way way to start. Let's see. Buffy having a difficult time, you know, having died and all. She has signs of PTSD and is haunted by what happened. Yep, she's not chipper and has some dickish moments in the episode, but ongoing trauma doesn't make someone the nicest version of themselves. It feels like a cry for help more than anything. It also feels like the framing of the episode is meant to punish Buffy for feeling feeling these things and acting out when her not being okay isn't acknowledged by others around her. Angel calls her out. Cordy does too. Willow, Xander, and Giles observe amongst themselves. Uh, and it, they go on, and I agree. Like, it's just it, they're not treating Buffy with uh respect. Um, this they never is, do.
2: This is at a time where mental health isn't
0: real. It's <laughs> so true. Um, and they talk about how like she goes to the bronze to rescue Cordy on her own, and the, everyone else is upset by like how she doesn't want their help. And it's there's they're saying it's the parallel to the end of season one where Buffy has to go alone, and like this, but then this person goes on to talk about how like like buffy was right to not want them to come along which i don't agree with like i feel like throughout season 1 we learned like they're the best as a team and like buffy can't do it all by herself like she it, it she, it's better when she has the help of her friends even though yeah. they're in danger even though they're not that helpful most
1: of the time i guess for the purposes of a network tv show you do have to have the whole cast at the climax yeah
2: it is pretty fucked up too. Like, I've already mentioned this once, but it really stuck in my brain where like, okay, Buffy goes out to do this thing alone. And then she comes back and she's like, oh shit, the trap was at the library all along. And Xander tells, says that he's going to kill her. Like, that's crazy. And it's like,
0: he could never. <laughs> Buffy would end him in a no, second. No matter how buff
1: he got over the summer, he would stand no chance. And I just think,
2: yeah. I just think if someone ever, like, threatened to kill me, like, earnestly, I would be like, we can't hang out with this person anymore.
0: Right. Especially after Xander's, like, already on thin ice based off of every single thing about him to threaten to kill her. It's just like, dude, what are you doing? He sucks. We're going to have a great uh, segment coming up. Threatening to kill her when Xander was actually on the scene when Willow got kidnapped and was unable to do anything. And now this is the woman he has to go to to be like, you need to rescue her. But if you don't, I'm going to kill you. Like, what do you want out of this interaction? He wants
1: to feel his feelings. He wants to be right. He wants to put her in her place because she sexually danced on him, gave him a boner, and then left
0: him on the <laughs> dance floor. I, I How do we feel about that dialogue where Buffy's like, "Did I ever thank you for saving my life?" Very strange. And Xander's like, "No." And then Buffy's like, "Well, don't you wish I would?" And then like we see her like walk off and <laughs> leave the bra. Like, like that's the last thing she does before we see her go outside. I would say it
1: doesn't make sense. It does it's not the uh the kiss off that the writers think it is
0: see like the thing we loved about the season one finale is that she rejected him yes and so to have her now dancing up on him i'm like it doesn't make sense that's
1: why i thought it was a dream
0: mm. like this must be xander's
1: dream he's still <laughs> dreaming up coffee.
0: um yeah anyway moving on uh biggest slay what was the episode a part of the episode that made you say slay kante
2: um cordelia and Buffy talking in the alley my queens. I said slow.
1: Very slow. Mike, I'm going to say Cordelia and Miss Calendar catching up on mm. their summers. Like it was great to see them. Yeah, I that was my like the best part of the episode for me. It was just like bringing in all of these secondary characters that we learned about during season 1, fell in love with in season 1, and all we've been asking for is just more time with our favorites. And we got it this episode.
0: Yeah, I—I I mean, I don't remember. I the Cordelia and Miss Calendar conversation was great. I also love the very beginning of the episode with Cordelia, where she's talking about her summer and she's like, "Yeah, we like, I, we didn't go anywhere with a beach. No one has suffered like I have suffered." And they say adversity builds character, but then I thought I already have a lot of character. <laughs> is it possible to have too much character? <laughs> she's so legendary. Um, I feel like probably my biggest lay is same as Kantai Um. And it's just Cordelia is so good and Buffy and Cordelia are talking I feel like that's probably the best scene of the episode to me uh, and I just love Cordelia checking her when no one else will no one's like actively trying no everyone's being like hey you suck and Cordelia's being like hey you suck and this is how you can stop sucking and I'm trying to help you
2: huge of her really huge of Cordelia to do that I also don't this is not part of the biggest late episode but I don't understand how Buffy is not the coolest girl in the school because she is literally the coolest girl in the school. She's so mysterious. She came from L.A. She has the best wardrobe I've ever seen. Her hair is always on point. Like, and no one, she only has two friends. Like, ugh, how is that possible?
0: I agree. They're all haters. Not to reference a, a thing made by another creator, it's bad. But, I mean, same with Harry Potter where it's like, this dude is literally jesus like there are so many prophecies about this man He survived at the like attack on the most evil person in the world as a baby you would think that if he went to school he would instantly be hyper popular but all he hangs out with is hermione and ron
1: (laughs) (laughs) well he's kind of a loser too
0: but he, yeah, the,
2: he was pretty fucking annoying to be around.
0: He, oh, but he was melded into a loser by the people who I mean, I guess this is what Malfoy tried to do at the very beginning, where he's like, we could be friends and you could be great. And okay, then is Malfoy the Cordelia? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Okay.
2: Hmm. Think about that, fans.
0: I'm thinking about it. Um, moving on. Fashion moment. Contai, what are you trying to put the spotlight on?
2: Um the thing that sticks out in my head the most besides um, Willow's minion look is <laughs> when Buffy, well, just to talk about Willow's minion look, she literally, I know she's before minions. She's wearing denim overalls and a yellow shirt. She's a she,
0: she looks exactly <laughs> like a minion. Um, and it, i It's so funny. I'm glad you pointed that out. I don't think I would have caught it without you mentioning it.
2: I took a picture immediately and sent it to the group and I said, and willow in her minion moment i can only <laughs> <can always, laughs> um that the creators of minion the minions saw that and said hmm i have an idea
0: there is that rothko painting that always looks like a minion to me also <laughs> i feel like i mean as we know from the minion canon minions have always existed so you know i'm sure rothko saw a minion one day and painted it and Willow yeah. must have, I, I bet in season two, episode two, we're they're gonna fight a bunch of little minions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have to destroy the minions. But then, also, besides the minion moment, is um at the end of the episode, oh, wait, I have two. Okay. At the end of the episode where Buffy is wearing like the pastel purple sweater over her shoulders, but it's instead of tying the, the arms together, it's pinned. Yeah. Incredible.
0: Mike really liked that too, but I hate it. I was a big fan <laughs> of the sweater. I really don't like what that looks like at all. Sorry.
2: What didn't you like the the everything or the pinning?
0: The specifically, how the I don't think that like sweater over shoulder is a good look on pretty much anyone. Um, and I especially, I mean, but like at least tying it or draping it looks better than the weird pinning to me. It's not. It's not for me. It's what they do in L.A. It,
2: tying it is like okay, like. Oh, they were wearing that, and then they took it off and put it over their shoulders. Pinning it is like, she is never going to wear this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Specific choice.
2: (laughs) And then the other moment is when Buffy is in, like, the, like, pink strapless tank and, like, green sunglasses, like, brutally looking out of her mom's car.
0: Mm, There's a lot of good shots of Buffy looking looking out the car and the sunglasses.
2: Yeah, but I'll stop. I'm done. Stopping
0: you guys that, go that's fine i mean we i just we also reference the bobs a lot i do feel like i even though we may disagree on if they look good or not i do feel like the bobs are the moment in this episode
1: yeah there's a lot of fashion to comment mm-hmm. on they were firing on all cylinders this week What well, were yours, well, mike let's see um this was a a blink and you'll miss it cuz you're not going to see it again despite me really trying to get a screenshot of it mm-hmm. but when miss calendar her opening scene with Cordelia walking across the campus. She had on this like very distinctive belt, like low on her skirt. And I was like, okay, she picked that up at Burning Man. Um, (laughs) And I liked the belt. Um, But then for the rest of the scene, she's holding like a big pile of books or files like right in front of it. So you never see it again. So for those of you who haven't seen the episode yet, be on the lookout for the belt. my other two (laughs) moments come from the bronze uh first is who we got here the pianist in the band um i thought she had the best look of the band member she had like a mesh crop top shoulderless something going on huh she looked great and i feel like her skirt or like whatever the pant situation was had some sort of interesting print on it, but I can't remember now.
0: I also feel like the lighting on the band was so distinct that it adds a certain mystique and glare to all of the things that they were wearing. So it was all very noticeable. Yeah. Um, And then I thought Buffy just looked
1: amazing in that like small black dress that she wore in the bronze and the mm. the camera really ate her up when she when she showed up there was a long yeah long pan to buffy's dress the pan Got,
2: up too it started from the bottom and then it went yeah. up sexualize this teenager cameraman <laughs> <laughs> that's kidding. how you know
0: the character's sexy on a show yeah
2: yep. where you see she
0: the legs first Mm, true. <laughs> Legs hot. <laughs> um, my fashion moments would be Cordelia in the opening scene when she's walking through the campus. I feel she was wearing something good. I, uh, and I don't remember what it is specifically. I only wrote Cordy opening. But uh, as always, you can see all of the fashion moments on our Buffy Boyfriend's Twitter. Uh, So if you aren't watching the episodes and you want to see the aesthetic things that we're talking about, they're on our twitter uh and also there's a scene where buffy wears a white tank and green pants and she looked really good
2: she looked really good i specifically remember that outfit because i was like damn <laughs> i want to dress like that's what i think i look like when i wear like big pants and a little shirt no
0: and it is it is
1: what you look like, yeah.
0: like you just need a ball skinny
2: skinny yeah. <laughs>
0: Let me What is, what is the Let me pour this salad dressing and serve Bob. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this nasty salad dressing and serve Bob. <laughs> uh,
0: and that is what Miss Callender and Buffy decided to do.
1: And
2: we thank them for it. I would never get a Bob. Because I did get a Bob one time and it was really bad.
1: Hmm. I bet you, you could pull just, it off.
2: You know that I'm known for the Bob.
1: You my hairdresser no
2: did just cut off a lot of my hair. So she must have
1: said...
0: She's watching Buffy yeah. season two. I'm yeah. growing out my hair so that I can serve Bob. <laughs> <laughs> About
2: time. <laughs> serve your fableman's bob where it like is, it stops it like halfway through your ears.
0: Yeah, that'll be good. A little a half pixie bob. Hmm uh moving on to xander slander contact wow. what was the worst xander moment of the episode
2: um probably when he told buffy he was gonna kill her
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably that one um definitely bad and it doesn't even make like, like i know he's mad but like he needs her so like threatening her is not good either so even from his perspective it's like why are you doing this also
2: like bruh you were there like it's your fault that they were taken like <laughs>
0: <laughs> They had all those weapons too. <laughs> well, but, but and it's like the 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 Tumblr post that I was uh, looking at earlier was saying like, and they're so mad at Buffy. Like, what was she supposed to do? Not go after Cordelia? <laughs> like, <laughs> she wasn't there because she had to save someone else.
2: Yeah, and it's like she didn't ask them to hang out at the library. They could have gone anywhere else.
1: Well, she knows they would never. They only hang out at the library.
2: Well, so do the people that's at the traps. They knew that too.
1: <laughs> you think that would be like a what? It, I can't. I can't remember like exactly what the name of the concept is, but like that is exactly where the master died. Do you think the vampires would be like flocking to the scene of the crime yeah. just to see what happened here? Sort of. Uh, I'm not going to say that, but. Uh,
0: Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Yeah. You know, the, they need to use the library. That's their home base. But after you fight an enemy for, you know, three episodes, you got to assume they know where you hang out.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And is are these vampires the one that needs to be granted access? Yes.
0: They are. But it's a, public, it's a public space. It's a public building.
2: So make a new, I don't care how many books are there, make, make a new, like, HQ that's not in a public space, just an idea.
0: Yeah, definitely a good idea that they should think about, but haven't yet. Is there are there other bad Xander moments we should discuss? I mean him almost kissing Willow and then throwing her away the second Buffy's back is bad too. That
1: was pretty bad, especially it and it's just like whiplash back and forth because he's not interested in Willow anymore, but wants to kill Buffy over losing Willow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. And then when she, like, puts, you know, the first scene, he's like, you got a little something on your nose. And then she does it later, and he's like, you got something on your nose.
1: If you might want to clean that up, he's
0: back (laughs) to the same old Xander. He might be buff, but he still sucks. And that's more than we can say for other people. Um, The there i mean there is a classic classic line in this episode delivered by xander where willow's like buffy's been acting like a bitch and giles says i think we're a little too old to be spelling things out and then xander says a bitka uh and that <laughs> very is, good that is one of the biggest things to come from buffy the vampire slayer in culture didn't want if to xander
2: it yeah if xander was written like that for all of buffy I don't think we would hate him.
0: Right? No, there's like he should be Joey Tribbiani, but he is <laughs> horrible.
1: Well, he doesn't have the charm, right? Of Matt LeBlanc.
0: Exactly. <laughs> he does not, <laughs> and he's not, and he's written with that in mind.
2: Ugh! I hate Xander
0: uh same okay moving on favorite character of the episode this is another segment that needs a name so we'll have to discuss in the producer chat as well but uh who's who's your favorite character of the episode can who's getting the gold star
2: um Buffy I wow. like her and her cunty era trauma cunt he was the A-C-U-N-T this episode
0: <laughs> a cunt <laughs> <laughs>
2: so that was easy for me
0: mike uh
1: yeah miss calendar gotta give it to her i've been i've been standing her since she showed up and i'm gonna keep doing it i'm really
2: excited for your jenny calendar journey
1: she is incredible
0: i love her we stand. who is your favorite character it's you know i i feel like my only answers ever to this are buffy or cordelia and i am between them Kante did mention that Cordelia is passed out for most of the episode, so I guess I can't. Uh, I guess I'll give it to Buffy because uh, I do feel for her and wish that the show was more sympathetic to her. Go like, even though they made built this whole episode about her drama, they're kind of like not giving it the weight and moment and respect that it actually deserves. They're just kind of like she's being mean now (laughs) i hate women who are so difficult when they're going through things women Uh, are so moody exactly and it's just (laughs) like but now that she pulverized the skeleton she's good it's like this is not how emotions work um but i but i do love her and i'm happy at the end of the episode like Conte mentioned earlier like when her willow and xander are friends again i'm so happy for her even though like She needs to get better friends. Like, I'm happy that the friends she does have are back with her at the end of the episode.
2: Willow is an amazing friend for Buffy. um, But Buffy does not need to be friends with Xander. And could use Cordelia as a friend. Someone, I think someone brought it up. But, like, yeah, Buffy needs friends that don't, like, idolize her. And think that she fucking walks on water.
0: Cordelia is an important piece now where she, like, knows she's the Slayer, but she spent, like, months and months knowing Buffy as just Buffy, the person who's, like, a weirdo. And so, like, that's, Cordelia's the only person who thinks of her as an actual person. And And that's that's why we think of
2: her as a god.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She's an icon, a legend, the moment. Um, Kanti is there? uh, what was I going to say? Wait, we're not moving to plugs yet, sorry. Uh... We gotta oh well, what's the next thing we do? I think we do plugs. Mm. Um oh we also wait, the next episode is titled mm. uh some assembly required. Mike, is there anything you're predicting based off of that episode title?
1: We are going to Well, Jenny Calendar back season two, bigger role. Um I predict that either what wait, one of my faves from season one will also be coming back and they will need some assembly required to put them back together. So I'm thinking Moloch, perhaps? Whoa. We're gonna assemble a new body for Moloch. Um we might be
0: assembling a new body for that dummy.
1: Mm. That's my guess.
0: Anything's possible um we do not have any fan mail or a new review this week but uh, if anybody wants to send us a message on our google form we'll read out uh on that Uh, you can get that link on our twitter and as always you can would we would love it if you left us a five-star review on apple podcasts uh and we'll read it here as well i hope you guys
2: a five-star review on spotify podcasts
0: but did you write a review?
2: I don't think I could.
0: Yeah, there's not a review sig- system on Spotify podcasts, unfortunately. Only the ratings, but the ratings—you know—giving us five stars on Spotify is helpful. Uh, but if you, I mean, hey, if you leave us a five-star review on Spotify, you can send us a little fan mail message and be like, "I left you a five-star review on Spotify."
2: Didn't um, know. I will also open my Apple Podcast app for the first time since getting this phone and leave you guys a five-star review there.
0: Wow. wow! And we'll leave. We'll read it next
1: episode. Yeah. Dust off that app. She's going for that third boyfriend title.
0: Yeah, she's, do, she's doing the absolute <laughs> most. You <Who> um, me? <laughs> Kantai, is there anything you would like to plug?
2: Um. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, even though it's dead. And Instagram, at Kante Kante. And on Instagram, we will probably post about my improv shows. I'm on a house team now. So if, if anything's changed between last podcast and this podcast, and your listeners are like, she is so so much funnier now and she sounds a lot prettier now it's because i'm on an improv house team so i'll be doing more shows so if your little butt is in pittsburgh you can come see me
0: every other week at arcade
2: no i think it's once a month they haven't told us yet
0: oh weird whoa very cool (laughs) playing it fast and loose yeah uh mike is there anything you want to plug
1: well even though it's dead we are at buffy boyfriends on twitter where you can see all of our fashion moments uh great little curated post every week um even though i don't have twitter i believe that i've seen it um and then i'm at flawless on instagram uh been getting a lot of random follow requests for the last week uh from like russian bots (laughs) So I'll clarify, I'm only accepting friend requests if you are a real person. So stop friending me if you're a bot.
0: That's it. And stop friending me if you're a bottom. you can <laughs> follow me at Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow my other podcast at Bitter Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, the Bitter jurors boys will be doing an episode of Fiji Forever, which is Geo Worthy's uh, offseason podcast talking about Survivor Fiji. I think that'll be out by the time this episode is out. So if you're interested in Survivor, uh, that's what I'm doing elsewise. Um, and I think that's it. Kanta, thank you so much for being here. Thank you
2: for having me, my boyfriends. Um, I love <laughs> this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so happy to be providing it for you. Yeah,
1: we love having you on the podcast. podcast.
2: Yeah, I will say my dad yesterday was like, why haven't they asked me to be on? I was like, cause you don't watch Buffy. He said, I know about her from the Howard Stern show.
0: Well, if he ever wants to do a uh, monster of the week episode uh, in season two, we are opening the doors to people who have never seen the show, as long as it's an episode that's not too important to the plotline, line. Um, and so maybe for season three, you and him could come on uh, for a monster of the week episode. We Thank would love to him. have Tony on. I'd love to hear his thoughts. Mike's dad has also mentioned being on the show, uh, but he yes. says he won't watch the episode. And so, you know, that's my one thing. I'm like, you got to at least watch the episode we're going to talk about. Yeah. I don't see my dad watching Buffy the Vampire
1: Slayer, even one episode of it. It's just, it doesn't, it's doesn't not happening compute
0: in my mind. I know he's a big fan of the orphan franchise. Feels like if we had gotten him to sit down for the puppet episode, that might have been maybe similar yeah. <laughs> enough to him. But um, no, but you know, maybe. I mean, we've got three years of this, so it could happen at some point. True. I'll bring it up
1: next time I talk to him. Be like,
0: the offer is still, th- we could have a
1: dad's podcast.
0: <gasps> My no, mom, your I'm-
1: dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Tony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We're not doing anything that week. We're just going to let, we're going to give them, those three, the, access to the podcast feed and mm-hmm. let them do whatever they want to do that week yeah we'll put,
0: we'll put it out it's time the parents met honestly the three of us have been <laughs> so true. For so long. um so yeah Dante, thanks for being here this was so lovely uh okay bye Play. <laughs>